Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to a workshop that I am hosting the first week of June. This workshop is going to focus entirely on digital marketing. And the goal of this workshop is to help you bust through the confusion and overwhelm so that you can conquer digital marketing and grow your flower business. I am going to share with you in this workshop my step-by-step framework for leveraging digital marketing as a florist, and you will walk away with a personalized blueprint, clear action plan so that you know exactly where to focus your time, effort, and energy. And we're going to dive into understanding the most efficient and effective advertising platforms for you to market your business, how to leverage social media, and exactly where to prioritize your spending so that you can get your business in front of your dream customers. This workshop is being hosted online. Yes, if you can't join me live, there will be a video replay so that you can play catch up in your own time. I will leave the link to sign up to this workshop in the show notes so that you can grab your spot today. And then you get to join me on Zoom and we get to workshop your digital marketing plan and you get to make the most of the rest of 2024. So I would love to see you there. And I am so incredibly excited to host this workshop, share my process with you and make sure that you are crystal clear on exactly what to do to get found by those dream customers. So visit the link in the show notes, grab your spot today, and I will see you at the workshop. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Oh, people, it's a new week. Yeah. I feel so amazing for so many reasons. One, I am getting on an airplane to go back to Canada at the end of this week. And if you have not been following along on Instagram and you did not get the email, then you're probably not listening to this podcast either. But just in case, and you want to come to our flower meetup that's happening in Vancouver, in Gastown, on Thursday, the 8th of August, link is in the show notes for you to grab your ticket. Going to be super small, intimate gathering, super limiting the numbers, because I want to make sure we've got enough time to sit and chat and drink whiskey, because it's going to be at a brew house whiskey place and the room that we're in is called the whiskey room so that's swell (laughs) so excited anyway no it's not super great timing for everyone but just taking the opportunity to meet with you guys while I'm in Vancouver and then spending time with the fam and doing a bit of traveling and just so feeling so grateful at this moment in time so that is one two is I spent much of yesterday Finally, taking the time to respond to all of the emails. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for sending an email. And if you sent an email and have not heard from me, 
send it again. <laughs> because I think I've gotten back to most people. I should say I hope I've gotten back to most people. But honestly, please, please, please resend your email and say, Kathleen, I'm simply following your directions in your podcast and resending this to you. Because if you have not heard back from me, definitely send it again. And we'll certainly, certainly have time over the next few weeks to respond to your email. And I am feeling so incredibly inspired and grateful and thankful for so many things. But for all of you guys who are coming along on this journey and reaching out and just saying hi. So thank you for saying hi. (laughs) And what else do I have to say? Yes, so today's podcast episode is brought to you by an email. And this one I really, I don't know, I got in a really weird way so excited when I received this email. And I'm going to change her name to Jenny just because that's fun. And Anyway, so Jenny sent an email with this question that I feel like sums up the crux of what we're all trying to sort through here. So I am going to read out Jenny's email to you because I can guarantee you, I will wager you one million Monopoly dollars, we have all thought this ourselves. And I want to talk you through my response to Jenny and a few ideas and thoughts that just come up around this. So here we go. She emailed me last week and said, I'm wanting to get into corporate flowers, i.e. flowers for reception rooms, waiting rooms, real estate, open houses, thank you for clients, etc. I am struggling to find a pricing model that helps me earn some money while being affordable enough for businesses to invest in. The typical pricing model that we follow means that it turns out to be $200 each, which isn't realistic for a business when they could buy a bunch themselves for $20. 20% of that. So I'm going to repeat that last little bit because I totally stumbled over myself. So when we follow the traditional pricing model, it turns out that each arrangement will cost those people $200 each, which isn't realistic for a business when they could buy a bunch themselves for 20% of that. Any advice you can provide would be greatly appreciated. So I want to do an uber deep dive into some of the things that Jenny said in her email because I think I don't care whether it's corporate flowers, funeral flowers, workshops, weddings and events, everyday deliveries. This scenario, this situation that Jenny is describing is exactly, it is exactly what business is about. So you can decide to replace corporate flowers with I want to launch a website and do daily deliveries. I want to do workshops. I want to do weddings and events. I want to do, I want to do. Whatever it is, whatever service you want to provide, take out Jenny's mention of corporate flowers, insert whatever category you want to be in, and I can guarantee you we're all thinking the same thing, is once you sit down and you figure out a pricing model, you are going to feel such a huge level of resistance. And now, let us talk through a few things, ideas, thoughts, and topics. (laughs) So, the first thing I want to say is this situation is absolutely 100% real-life business, right? This whole idea of you need to find a product 
set a price, deliver it to your client, all in a way that adds value to you and adds value to your client. And there are essentially four basics, four pillars that are the crux of your business. There is your pricing model. There is the product or products that you offer. Thirdly, there's the process or the service that comes with that product. And then the fourth pillar is understanding and identifying your ideal client. So your pricing, your product, your process and your service, and your ideal client. Those four things are by no means separate. They are so intermingled and intertwined and you don't necessarily need to worry about where do I start, but just start in any one of those four pillars, move to the next one, and then you will automatically circle back because it's like this giant web of overlap, detail, information. So the four basics I want to talk about today, pricing, product, your process and your service, and your ideal client. And if we go back and look at Jenny's email and her pricing model, it's a beautiful thing that she has identified one, her product. So she wants to get into corporate flowers and she has some very real examples of what these are. So flowers for the reception area and the waiting room, flowers for real estate open houses, thank yous for clients, right? So she wants to go and in the corporate world, we would talk about this as business to business sales, right? Like, so she's a business and she wants to sell her product to a business, which is a very wise avenue to pursue. And she has sat down and she's figured out, okay, so the process or the service and the product that she wants to sell is geared towards reception, waiting room, client thank yous, real estate, open houses, right? So then she has sorted through her pricing model. And her pricing model, I said to her, was exactly bang on. And the fact that she had identified that it was going to cost a potential client $200 means that she has set a pricing model that is going to allow her to have the budget that she wants to create the designs that she's looking for. It means that she's also accounting in some capacity for her sundries or her hard goods. It also means that she's pricing for profit, plus she's also giving an allocation for labor. So the first thing, the very first thing in terms of Jenny's situation is a big gold star in terms of understanding and identifying a pricing model that ensures she is going to make good money. She's not simply passing wholesale product price through at a 50% markup. She's doing her markup, plus she's allowing for labor. So that is a big gold star to begin with. In covering off the four basics, when we think about pricing, product, process or service, and your ideal client, she has really nailed the pricing scenario. I will absolutely jump in here and with a complete aside (laughs) 
And this question is coming up quite a bit in terms of the fact that we are individual small businesses in a many case one-man bands or single lady shows. What do you do in the instance when you have a family emergency, you get sick, something comes up, and you have a commitment that needs to be upheld, that needs to be delivered on? And this is a big concern, particularly for our wedding and events peoples out there. And this question of what do I do when I have a medical emergency, whether it's you, a family member, a friend, or a neighbor, how do I build a business that allows for those instances to happen? Because, and absolutely knock on wood, it is going to happen, right? Something is going to come up and I swear and I hope that it's nothing tragic, but something is going to come up in an instance where you are trying to run this business and you need to have a wedding and event sorted for this coming weekend and something happens. Your kid gets sick, something happens to your mom, something happens to your neighbor, something happens to your car. One of the things that's so important in terms of building a sustainable business is that you have built in enough labor in your pricing model to be able to hire somebody to do that job for you. So in its worst case scenario, if you had a wedding and event, here's a potential situation. If you had a wedding this coming Saturday, you went to the market, you got everything sorted and processed, you've got everything, it's very clear in your head as to exactly what needs to happen. You wake up on Thursday morning, you've gotten all your product in on Wednesday, you wake up on Thursday morning and something's happened to your sister, right? And it's going, it's this kind of all-consuming experience, but you also know in the back of your head, you have this event that you need to deliver on for Saturday. It's not necessarily a massive event, so you didn't already account for having somebody help you, but you know you need to be with your sister. You are going to write your time off for the next 72 hours and deal with this medical emergency, because this is real life and this is what happens. So you need to make sure that in your pricing model you have accounted for and covered all of your labor so that you can hire a freelancer to do the job for you. And it is scary and overwhelming to think about the fact that there's going to be something that comes up, but if you prepare for it, if you prepare your business for the fact Something is going to come up, a medical emergency is going to happen, a family member is going to get sick. That is the number one step you can take in building a more sustainable business for yourself. Because it also means that over time you can take yourself out of the day-to-day or you can expand your team and offer more services over the run of a week. So I don't want to be Debbie Downer or Betty Bummer, but if you can sit down and map out for yourself what would happen if your dad all of a sudden fell down, had to get a hip replacement, something happened to your brother, something happened to your son, and you knew you couldn't work for the next five days, what would you do in that situation? 
And I know you don't want to think about it. I know you don't. But if you prepare a plan for that scenario, it's going to shift your business into such a better and more efficient and sustainable machine. So your pricing model needs to account that it's very possible that it's not you doing that work. So your pricing model needs to account for and allow for hiring somebody to do the entire job. And I know that that's a scary proposition and you don't want to let your baby grow because you're a control freak, because that's what we all are. However, if you can sit down and let yourself daydream about that possibility and figure out what would that look like, you don't have to know the answer right now either, right? You don't have to know who exactly you'd call in in that situation. But if you can open your mind to the possibility of having somebody else do the job from start to finish, it is what a sustainable business looks like. So your pricing model needs to account for the fact that you need to be able to pay somebody to do the whole job. And let us get back to Jenny and her situation because one of the things I loved about the situation that she presented was the fact she felt so comfortable and she had outlined her pricing model to account for her time as well as account for a sufficient markup on her product. So that if in this instance she needed to get somebody else to do the work, she could, and she's still making money off of it. So that's really important. So getting back to the four basics, that pricing pillar, big check mark, right? And then point number two is the comparison between... She's identified that $200 for her arrangements, and in her words, isn't realistic for a business when they could buy a bunch themselves for 20% of that price. That is the issue, my friends. Because it makes me immediately jump into the whole idea of understanding and needing to figure out who your ideal client is. Because in this instance of identifying who needs corporate flowers, you need to find customers, you need to find businesses, you need to find clients who see value in the complete service you're providing. If you are approaching companies that are evaluating and weighing up the alternative of, should I pay this professional florist to do this arrangement for me? Or should I just go to Trader Joe's and pick up a bunch of flowers? You are not talking to the right customer. Anybody who's evaluating those two options, you are not talking to the right client. You need to identify and find the types of businesses that value the service of weekly flowers. Absolutely, there are a lot of people out in this world who will not see value in having weekly flowers delivered. But I can also tell you that there are hundreds, if not thousands of businesses out in the world who will absolutely see value in having a professional come in, set up an arrangement, do it in a particular style and aesthetic, do it to their colors of their brand, the vibe that they're trying to create, and have that 
entire package, that entire service delivered to them every Monday morning at 9 a.m. One of my favorite points of comparison is this idea that if somebody knocked on our door and said, hey, I've got a Range Rover, do you want to buy it? This smarmy car salesman (laughs) is going to try and convince me of the value of this Range Rover, which is real shiny and pretty, looks like something out of a magazine ad, would potentially cost me $100,000 for what I see as an SUV with four wheels, comes in black, super handy for transporting bulky items. Any effort that the salesman is going to put in to try to convince me of the value of this $100,000 Range Rover is utterly and completely pointless. I drive a black Nissan X-Trail from 2006. And I don't love it, but it gets me from A to B. We're going to drive it into the ground. It's got a few dings on it. The back is pretty much covered in dried leaves because I use it for grabbing and foraging things. We use it as a second vehicle when we need to be doing wedding setups. It absolutely serves the purpose and provides as much value to me as I can handle at the minute. It's a personal belief that I have. I don't care. I don't care about driving a fancy, shiny car. I cannot imagine, and I also, asterisk, will say one day I could potentially change my mind. However, at this point in time, I do not see the point. I do not see value in paying $100,000 for an SUV that is black with four wheels that I can forage with and use as a second vehicle for wedding setups when I have a perfectly fine black car with four wheels. Serves the purpose. So this salesman trying to convince me of the value of spending $100,000 on that Range Rover, pointless, absolutely pointless. However, I will say, somebody who lives down the street from me probably sees it as an entirely different story and would be more than willing, would be throwing his money at the salesman and will be so excited to drive away in his shiny car. So incredibly excited. It is just a fact. I do not see value in spending $100,000 on a Range Rover. You might. The person down the street from you might. The person sitting across from you in the cafe might. The first person that you run into at the flower market might. And I will absolutely, next week we're going to go into talking about and understanding your ideal client in much more detail in next week's episode of the podcast. But the point of my whole rant is you need to find and identify the people who will see value in the service that you provide. Here is a hot tip. Floristry, by nature, is a luxury commodity. Now, I know that there are people out there who believe that flowers in your house are an absolute must, but I will also tell you that when you start to pinch your pennies, when businesses decide to stop spending as much money, 
when the global financial crisis happens, when the Great Recession hits, things like luxury products, i.e. flowers, the amount of money that people spend in on that product decreases. So something to keep in mind is that flowers are a luxury product. It is also why I am such a mad woman when it comes to, and telling you guys, do not ever be the person who competes as the lowest cost provider. The whole world of flowers and business is a marketing challenge. And part of that marketing challenge is that you need to identify your ideal client. And in most cases, the asterisk being, there are a few exceptions, but in most cases, you are talking to people who have discretionary income, who appreciate the environment, the feeling, the vibe, the sense that they get when they have quality flowers around them. So, in Jenny's instance of trying to hunt down and find corporate clients and other businesses who see value in flowers, she needs to be looking for the type of businesses that see value in the addition of having a living, breathing, artistic creation in their space. And that almost always is somebody who's happy to spend a bit of money. So point number three, you need to remember that you are a service provider. You are not simply selling flowers. You are not the person who has created a little farm stand at the end of your road with a little tin can that says Marigold's $3. That's not what you're doing. (laughs) That is not what you're doing. So you need to, and this does come back to finding your ideal client, because you absolutely need to hunt down and find those people who see value in the whole service that you provide. Because you are not simply supplying a bunch of flowers. A wedding bouquet is not simply a bunch of flowers. A vase arrangement delivered to the hospital is not simply a bunch of flowers. A funeral sheaf is not simply a bunch of flowers. There is an entire process and service wrapped up in the idea of you getting that bunch of flowers into that person's hand. Those flowers did not magically just appear from the market. They did not just magically appear out of the ground. They did not magically get rehydrated in a bucket of clean water. The foliage did not magically get stripped off of them. The colors did not magically just manifest themselves and appear. You put so much time and energy into gathering and creating and putting that product together From the minute that you place your order with the wholesalers, going to the market to pick up your stuff, waiting for the courier guy to drop everything off, processing those flowers, babysitting those flowers so they look perfect for the day of the event, putting those flowers together in the specific type of arrangement, design, based on your client's expectations. Packing up and delivering that arrangement to the venue, to the funeral home, to the hospital bed, Invoicing your client after the fact. Invoicing your client beforehand. 
whatever the process is, right? There is so much process wrapped up in the actual delivery of flowers. You need to remind yourself that it, you are not simply taking this bunch of flowers, touching them, adding $800 and passing them on. So two thoughts come to mind here. One, it is up to you, it's up to me, it's up to all of us to educate our clients on the process in and around floristry. I had a question a few weeks back from one of my girls on Instagram asking this whole idea where, and I would consider this, if you're one of those middle-aged, disenfranchised seems to be the word that comes to mind, but generally angry, older florists who work in the industry, you're probably not listening to this podcast and you probably hate the fact that I talk about everything in this industry. So you're probably not listening, which is great because you're not going to like what I have to say. This industry does itself no favors by keeping everything hidden and secret, completely devaluing the entire process around floristry so that us as the business owners have to then compete with this whole idea of, well, they have yellow tiger lilies down at Woolies, so why would I buy yellow tiger lilies at the local florist? They're exactly the same thing, when in actual fact, they're not. Because you can walk into your local florist and ask them to put them in an arrangement for you that can then also be delivered to the bedside of your nana, who is so excited to receive something bright and happy and cheerful. Because she's just had a hip replacement and she's going to be in there for like 10 days. <laughs> So, anything you can do to educate your clients in terms of the process and the value that you add through the entire service that you provide is going to win you so many clients because it demonstrates your expertise, it demonstrates that you care, it shows that you do more than simply pick up a bunch of flowers, put them together, and chuck them on a table. Because this whole situation that Jenny's describing of why would a client pay $200 when they could just go out and buy a bunch for themselves for 20% of the price is part of the problem, right? So the average person is going to see that the arrange of, arrangements of flowers at Trader Joe's are possibly the same as exactly what happens in your local florist, which is exactly the same as to what happens at the wholesaler. It's up to us to differentiate the fact that those are not exactly the same. Being able to pick up the phone and phone a florist and say, can you deliver a bouquet of flowers to my mom this afternoon? That is an incredibly valuable service. We were in, where were we the other day? Oh yeah, the garden center. And they, it's winter down here, so they had some beautiful cyclamen. And we're surrounded by a bunch of old people. Old people seem to like cyclamen. It's a thing. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, the cyclamen, we looked at the price and we're like, oh, that's like a good price for that cyclamen. I think it was like $18.99 or something. You know, we picked it up and put it down. And it's like, yeah, but the unfortunate thing is you need to actually come to the garden center, pick it up yourself and deliver it to the place you want to deliver it to. The benefit to phoning the florist is that they can gift wrap that cyclamen for you and deliver it to the recipient and write a card message for you. There is so much value in that service. Do not ever underestimate that. And you need to change your mindset around this idea of you are not simply just selling flowers. 
you are selling an entire from start to finish service. And do what you can and explore the potential and the ideas and the possibilities of educating your potential clients on that full service that you provide. The flowers are simply a single line item. If you actually mapped out your entire process and your entire service offering, you would realistically see that there are probably like 12 steps in that whole thing. The flowers are only one of them. So don't be afraid and don't shy away from educating your clients on the service that you provide. Yes? Yes. And this 100% applies to every facet of floristry, particularly funerals, retail and delivery, weddings, corporate business, all the things, right? Here's an even better example that I was thinking of. We used to put on flower crown workshops. We used to charge $85 per person for these flower crown workshops. There is no way that we ever, 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 ever needed to give away $85 worth of flowers for that workshop. In actual fact, it was probably closer to, let me do a quick little math so I can exemplify this for you. Yeah, I was going to say it was probably closer to like $15 wholesale, and that's expensive <laughs> on the higher end. Probably didn't even use that much, but if we're going to be uber conservative, $10 to $15 wholesale product supplied for those flower crown workshops. But the value to the people who took those workshops, absolutely, 100% worth it. But it's way more than simply the flowers. But you need to beat your drum and you need to educate everyone and anyone around you who will listen around the fact that you provide a service and not just simply flowers. And I will move on to point number four. So just going back and recapping, covering the four basics. So we've talked about the fact that Jenny had her pricing model put together. We've talked about the fact that she started by identifying her products, so she really wanted to get into B2B, corporate flowers, front room displays, open houses, thank you gifts, that kind of thing. We have just talked about the fact that the idea that you need to realize that you've moved away from just selling a commodity product and you offer a service. And we've also talked about the idea that you need to identify your ideal client, right? So the four basics of flowers and business, pricing, your product offering, the process and service that you provide, and identifying your ideal client. And the fourth thing I wanted to talk about today gets into the space of sales and you really need to wholeheartedly believe in the value of what you're offering because if you're trying to sell something and your immediate reaction is I need to lower my price I'm telling you right now you do not believe in the value of what you offer 
And if your clients get a whiff of the fact that you, as the business owner, don't feel that you value what you offer, they will see quickly. They will see through that so quickly. And they will absolutely second guess whether it's worth spending the money. So how do you shift into a more effective sales-driven mindset? And something that is very rarely, if ever, talked about in this industry is the fact that you, as the business owner, need to be your number one salesperson. You must believe in your product and your offering wholeheartedly. What problem are you solving for your potential client? And how badly do you truly believe, how deep down in your soul do you believe that you are solving a problem for them? If you are in weddings and events, how much do you believe that your flowers are going to make your client's day? If you are in the funeral business, how much do you believe that your casket cover is going to be the best thing that could be on display to represent the deceased, to bring a bit of life to the celebration? If you own and operate an everyday flower delivery shop, virtual storefront, home-based studio, and somebody calls and said, oh my gosh, I just became a grandmother for the first time. Can you please send something over to the hospital? Seriously, it gives me chills thinking about what an opportunity that is, that you get to be part of these people's lives, but you need to truly believe that what you have to offer is of value. Because what you are doing, and in so many instances, what you are doing with flowers is you're pulling together somebody else's emotions, adding creativity, and presenting it to a loved one in replacement of that person actually being there. It's magical. It's truly magical. And you have to believe that that is of value. And you need to be willing to practice your sales pitch. And don't be afraid to walk around your house and talk to yourself. (laughs) I do it a lot. And in actual fact, I talk to myself a lot because I'm talking to myself as I'm recording this podcast. So that's a bit weird, but that's okay. We'll get into it. And I wanted to talk you guys through just a little bit of an example because earlier in this year, we launched our online course. And I wholeheartedly, and with every day that goes by, I absolutely know where we're taking this business and what I'm doing with my time and being able to sit down and teach you guys all the things about business and marketing and sales and all of the good things and the idea that you need to make a viable living and that profit is not a bad word. All of these things that I take for granted, I know that you guys need to hear them and you need to hear them again and again and again and one more time for the people not paying attention in the back. And I also know that the way that we're presenting this information has evolved, and it's going to continue to evolve. And where it's headed to next, I am just so excited. I am so excited for the potential of where this community is going. 
for this whole idea of educating and sharing and talking about business and flowers, tapping into the fact that we, as the owners of this business, have had such an incredible depth and breadth of experience that extends so far beyond the wedding and events industry. Being able to talk about owning a bricks and mortar retail shop, being able to talk about building your own website that turns over more than $120,000 a year, being able to talk about how to win funeral business, being able to focus on what works for your business, being able to understand and identify how the heck do you decide it's a good idea to move your shop after 32 years. All of these things. To get to the point, to be honest, to tell you what's worked from our experience, to tell you to stop listening to those negative voices in your head. To understand the mindset that we all come to the table with. To understand what it's like to be a woman who's ambitious, who wants to take over the world, who wants to play with flowers, and who wants to make good money. These are all of the things that I am toiling around with, all of the ideas that I want to bring to life in our new membership program, in our new Four Florist community. And I have big dreams and big ambitions, but I also know wholeheartedly it's exactly what needs to happen. It is 100% of value to all of us. And to be able to connect like-minded ladies who live on opposite parts of this beautiful planet and bring them together and share in the goodness of what we're all learning. Because I also know exactly what it was like three years ago when I walked around wondering, what the fuck? Is it just me? Why does nobody talk about how to make money in floristry? Why is it so secretive? Why is nobody talking about how much do I charge for this archway? How much is your wedding bouquet? Yeah, but how much do you allocate for wholesale pricing? Yes, you should be charging for labor. Even more important, yes, you need to make sure you're making a profit. Yes, you also need to register for GST, and I don't care how small your turnover is. You need to get your foundation sorted so that when you're a raging success, it's not a surprise to you. And how to deal with your website, and how to deal with people who give you negative feedback, how to deal with criticism, how to deal with it on the days that you don't feel like it. All of these things are what I want to talk about in our new Four Floors community. And I feel so compelled and so excited for what's going to happen. And that is the reason that I can sit here and talk to you guys about it and actually essentially be selling you on this program without feeling like or sounding like a schmarmy salesman. Because I am not sitting here trying to convince you to buy a $100,000 Range Rover because I don't give a shit about the $100,000 Range Rover. So you need to feel the same vision, the same motivation, the same drive from whatever service or product you are offering. Because it's also the thing that's going to get you out of bed in the morning. It's the thing that's going to propel you to success. And if you don't feel that passion for what you're doing right now, that is okay. Because you are also allowed to change your mind. And it is okay to decide that this is no longer right for you. Or I need to explore this avenue. Or I need to change it into this way. Or 
even better. I need to limit the amount of work I'm taking on and I'm going to go over here and work at a cafe for 10 hours a week because it's your life and you get to decide what you want to do with it. So I am going to wrap it up there because that is a lot of talking. And hopefully that all makes sense. But let me just go back because I think this email from Jenny is just so perfect. So, so perfect in really trying to cover off those four basic pillars. So one, your pricing model. You need to identify a pricing model that covers off, obviously, your wholesale product, but also accounts for labor and still ensures that you're going to make a profit. Second basic is you need to identify the product that you're creating. The third element is you need to understand and identify and ideally map out for yourself and your clients the entire process and service that you are providing. And number four is you need to spend time researching and finding for yourself and identifying your ideal client. And yes, let's go into the ideal client scenario way more in next week's podcast because it's very fertile ground, lots that we can talk about. But also remember that all of these things can be ever evolving. It's a giant web where everything is connected to something else and you are at the center of it all. And you, as the owner of this business, are allowed to change your mind. You are allowed to decide you want to start putting on flower crown workshops for hen's weekends because you can make good money, FYI. You can decide you want to go into and do more funerals and events because let me tell you, they bring so much love and joy into your heart and I know a lot of people are really scared and hesitant, but it is an incredible blessing. You want to get into everyday flower deliveries. You need to understand and identify your ideal client. So we will talk more about that next week. To recap, if you are on the west coast of Canada, possibly even in the Pacific Northwest, and you want to make the drive up next Thursday, the 8th of August, to Vancouver, to sit down with me, drink a whiskey, you don't have to, play with flowers, I am going to pack my hand-dyed silk ribbons in my suitcase with me, and we shall get together, have a giant hug, and you can meet my mom. So those are all good things. Link will be in the show notes. Second thing, if you want to get on the wait list for the Four Flower, Four Florists community, link is also in the show notes. So that will be opening up in September, but lots of things to think through at the minute. And... Don't forget, if you have a question, idea, thought, anything, email me. If you've already emailed me and have not heard back from me, simply resend it. And tell all your friends. Tell all your flower friends the goodness that's happening. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Don't be afraid to reach out. And go out there and create some magic. And I will talk to you, cool cats, later.